Hello, Athlete Mindset Premium subscribers. I'm so glad you're here. I'm going to be creating content, especially for you. This is our first one. So thank you so much for being here. This is going to be pretty casual and would love to hear if there's any areas you want me to cover in future. I'm totally open to meeting your needs and providing you what you'd like to have. This piece today is about mental health in general. I think it's so important to talk about what mental health is and what it isn't and different ways that we can take care of our mental health as high performers, whether that's an athlete, someone in the boardroom, an executive, a military personnel, an actor, a Cirque du Soleil performer, anyone who experiences high stress, high anxiety moments and the pressure to perform in those moments. I mean, I believe as a parent, I'm a high performer and that all parents can be in high performing moments, even if it's not your profession. I know sometimes being a parent feels like a profession, (laughs) but wanted to talk about that, that that's one way we can strengthen and fortify our mental health is through building strategies, mental skills, mental tools to support our our ability to perform. The other side is more the clinical side, which is preventing and mitigating the impact of a mental health disorder or diagnosis. Also, it can mean being able to exist on a continuum of health with a diagnosis or disorder. Just because you have a mental health diagnosis or disorder like clinical depression, post-traumatic stress disorder, an eating disorder, a learning disorder, doesn't mean you can't show up to life or your relationships or the spaces that mean a lot to you. So I want to make that very, very clear as well. But that can happen in the form when we take care of your mental health from a clinical standpoint, engaging in a mutually respectful relationship with a trained therapist. About 80 to 90% of us come into the field because of our own experiences, our own lived experiences, our own journeys in mental health. So being able to speak with a trained professional, someone who has gone to two to three years of graduate school and earned a master's in psychology or clinical social work can help in this area. Once we get that education, we are then supervised for anywhere from two to five years in real life therapy relationships. We learn as we go, we get individual supervision, group supervision, we're reading, we're discussing, we're reflecting. And then we have to pass an exam to actually work independently. So that is the kind of profession and training that we get in our profession. And I want to dispel a myth today. The myth around that is that, and I've heard this a lot, that's why I'm bringing it up, especially in the athlete population I work with. There's a couple of things here. If I engage in therapy, then I'm acknowledging something is wrong or admitting or thinking that something is wrong. Two, I'm weak because I need to lean on someone else. I've been sort of taught to do things all on my own. And so this needing help is not a good thing. It's a weakness. And third, if I engage in therapy, I have to tell my full life story and like access all my trauma and like expect to cry every session. 
<laughs> I'm laughing because I am humored by that myth and I'm here to dispel it. So you do not have to open up your heart fully to engage in and benefit from a therapeutic relationship. There are different ways to approach it, different styles, different theoretical perspectives. And that is not a prerequisite to engage in therapy. You can come in and say, I need help with this particular thing. Managing my own stress at work, managing my relationship, managing parenting, and making sure that that stress is manageable and you feel confident in your responses to those stressors. So we don't have to have a problem to come into therapy that is like, oh, I'm so like broken inside first before I engage. We want it to be preventative and prevent any of the stressors in your life to take you out of your game, so to speak. So you don't have to tell your life story to engage in therapy and you're not weak to do so. None of us can exist in a silo without community, without mentors, without guides. And I believe a therapist can be one of those people. Fully confidential private space just for you to be you. And that it is a myth and a stereotype, but very real, that people think they're weak to engage. So I want to dispel all of that. You're actually strong and courageous to want to learn about yourself, to want to understand who you are from the inside out, understand what influences your thoughts, your emotions, and your decisions. And actually not only be aware and understand those influences, but be able to change how you think, be empowered to change how you think, feel, and behave to be the most healthy, most mentally healthy, have the most you know, balanced well-being. So that's pretty much what I want to talk about today. I think most practitioners, most therapists provide at least a 15, maybe even 30-minute free consultation to get a vibe. You are a consumer in shopping around for a therapist, just like you are when you buy a car. I mean, you're not going to like buy the car unless you test drive it and do some research and get a feel. So it's the same when you are searching for a therapist. You get to decide if there's a match, an initial match. And you don't have to feel like it's a lifetime commitment. It can be like three or four sessions. It can be 10 sessions. It can be whatever you want. I would want you to feel like you are you know, co-creating the experience with the therapist, alongside the therapist, to make it most impactful for you. So again, I would request, I would shop around the shop around process I would recommend is doing that background research on psychologytoday.com, on their websites, on, hey, friends and family and community, who have you worked with and how has that been going? If it's positive, then why not lean into that too? And if it's not that person, maybe they know someone. Does that make sense? Being able to lean on what's already been proven. You know what I mean? What's already been experienced by people that you trust. And then request that, again, 15 to 30-minute free consultation and being able to say, I'm shopping around. We as therapists like that. I mean, at least I do. (laughs) And my colleagues in my circle like that you're shopping around because you're taking the process seriously and that you have a design in mind about how you want to approach it. 
when you're readying yourself for that 15 to 30 minute conversation, based on the research that you do, have some questions. Some questions I like to ask are, you know, and this is a funny one. It's not funny, but one that therapists don't expect. So you're going to throw some of my colleagues off and it's a good one. How do you take care of your mental health therapist? Because we want to make sure that they have a clear answer (laughs) as they are then going to be in charge of helping you design and take care of your own mental health. Maybe you want to ask, you know, what are their approaches or what some of their experience is, what populations they like working with, and what experience they have in working with your particular population, whatever that might be, a person of color, an athlete, an actor, et cetera, and have them talk. And I think while you're hearing them answer, you're also vibing them. Is there like a relatability piece here? Are they down to earth? Do you feel like you could start a conversation with them and like have them start to get to know you? So that would be my recommendation. And then try them out. Once you commit, try them out for at least four to six sessions to get a vibe. If there's some kind of alarming thing that like, oh my God, that just really offended me or that was not something that really was helpful for me or they don't get me, of course, lean into that and express it and ask them questions. But if it's alarming and you don't feel comfortable, then you can exit at any time and just politely say, this is no longer a match for me. I'm going to continue my shopping around process. So just a little bit of how it can go. I want to like, again, demystify sort of how it can go. It can be intimidating. I want to normalize that. Like trying to talk to a stranger basically about you and your life and letting them in. But that is part of the power of engaging in a therapeutic relationship with a a trained clinician who is backed by ethics and laws and theoretical perspective and training and experience. You know, I have to sort of, again, laugh to myself when people post on social media or whatever and say like, I don't need to pay for a therapist. I have good friends. (laughs) And it's not about either or, it's both. Have good friends, have a strong community, but also have a therapist who is not in your community, who's objective, who is backed by, again, education, training, experience, that will give you a different perspective than a friend might. So anyway, thanks for listening in. I would love to you know, field any questions from any of you. Feel free to email me at lisa at athmindset.io or... You can DM me on Instagram and we can continue the conversation or I can answer any questions you might ask. But thanks again for being an Athlete Mindset Premium podcast subscriber. And I look forward to sharing some more content soon.